Welcome to the first edition of Sharing Socks in a Month. Uh, I'm uh, Southside Socks duty geezer Lee Allen, and I have been gallivanting around Europe, uh, which has caused a break in our action. With me, I saw, and back to West Coast correspondent Will, uh, who has been, I'm sure, watching every game, so he can uh, bring me up to date. Although I, I had the coverage on, uh, excuse me, we're recording this on Thursday, First, I had the coverage on the last game of May, so I got to watch it. was basically the debacle, which mm -hmm. is kind of the season. Uh, and so uh, we've been catching up a little on what's uh, going on with the team. White Sox uh, had a winning month. <laughs> Why did they have a winning month? Well, they had 20 games against the rest of the AL Central, not including the Twins. Plus three games against Cincinnati, the easiest schedule in the history of baseball because they're in the worst division in the history of baseball. So they had the very tough April schedule. They had the very easy May schedule where they played six games in an entire month against teams with winning records. And went that two is and four. All of them at home and went two and four against uh, the Astros and, and uh, the Angels. Correct. Well, I mean, you spoiled it, but I was going to tell you that we're a winning ball club now. Uh, <laughs> since you've, you've missed the last month, you've really seen a, a, a turnaround. Uh, we are no longer in the cellar of the American League. We are just above the cellar. Um, <laughs> I guess if the cellar had like a storage space right below the first level, we're kind of storing our things there right now. Uh, yeah, the last month. Let's play a little catch-up. Luis Robert, super hot. Super ice cold now. Yon Mancata, super hot. Ice cold now. Pitchers, got pretty hot. Getting pretty cold again. Uh, so I don't know if it's, uh, you know, European June gloom that you brought back with you, but uh, it's not looking good at the moment. Uh, that being said... And I know I'm going to eat these words. I think the team is getting better. I think the team's getting better. We have some huge problems, uh, both in how they are performing on the field. Uh, and there's sort of a double meaning there in Lance Lynn being uh, huge and kind of our biggest problem at the moment. Um it's been a really, really bizarre month. There have been days where I have been like, holy cow, this is the team. We all thought that this was going to be. Uh, they, they look good. They are smacking the ball. They're hitting home runs finally. The pitchers are looking good. They're in the zone. Their bullpen actually had a very good spell uh, while you were gone. I think we did something like 16 to 18 scoreless innings in a row. Uh, really, really impressive. But that, I think, is coming back down to earth. Um, we'll just touch on this because it is pretty wild. Liam Hendricks returned while you were gone. That that was the highlight of, of the month. Yeah, I, I watched videos of that, and, and I was really glad to see it. Uh, he probably returned too soon. Uh, yes, of course. But uh, just the fact that he's there, I mean, frankly, 
you may be optimistic. I have no optimism. I, I, I guess I'll go along. <laughs> five five thirty eight, I think, gives them a five percent chance to to win the division. That's up from four a while back. So Which, by the way, is the only way you could make the playoffs in the AL Central this year. Oh there, yeah, yeah. There will not be a wild card from the AL. Uh, they do not give them a possibility of any wild card shot at all. No, no. Yeah, uh, with the, with I think the Dakota the, gives them like one hundredth of a percent of a, of a chance at that. Uh, five thirty eight has them ending up. 72 wins, which would be 18 under. Dakota's at 76 wins, a little bit better. Uh, yeah, 75 wins. So that would be playing 500 ball the rest of the year. I, I, I kind of agree with that. I think they will play 500 ball the rest of the year. They're not going to have another April. June's not going to be an easy month. They start with Detroit, which has no team left. They have no starting pitchers. But, can, but still and can beat us hitters. three out of four. Yeah. Uh, but they at least have three games with Detroit at home. Uh, yeah. So that should start the month well, but then it's the Yankees, and then it kind of goes along, and that's great. But June, June's going to be a tough month. I, I looked up the uh, strength of schedule. There, there are a couple sites that analyze that stuff. They say of the schedule played, the Sox have the 10th hardest in the major. That's because of April, because obviously May was just, just a gimme, I think. Yeah, it's not like they played it, and uh, so they had a much uh, harder schedule somewhere. Cleveland's had a very easy one, uh, somewhat easier schedules for Minnesota and Detroit. Of the remaining schedules, though, the Sox now would be twenty second hardest. So uh, Minnesota's got the very easiest. So Minnesota has an e- even easier schedule. Detroit about the same. Kansas City doesn't matter. Cleveland a little bit harder. Uh, that's doesn't give you thought that oh well uh they're going to cream everybody but it's it's a reasonably easy schedule because even though you use up 20 games of now 52 in this incredibly horrible division and you had three in uh only three in april so so you've used up about half of your gimme games in the division uh and you will use up three more. You actually have used totally a half once this weekend's over. The Detroit games will be 26 of 52. Um, you got some easy teams. There's Oakland. They haven't played yet. Uh, a little bit of National League weakness in there. But that's that's it. I mean, it, it's it's not not a gimme from here on out. And, well, and, and a big problem uh, for the White Sox this year is that the schedule is spread out more. And they don't get 19 games against Kansas right. City. They don't get 19 against Detroit. Right? And the AL East and the AL West, which with the exception of Oakland, are all good baseball teams, means we're going to be playing them. And they're not going to be eating each other alive quite as much. We see in the AL East, you've got all teams that could potentially be playoff teams that they didn't have to play each other at all. They would just all have outstanding records. Now, they're going to eat each other up. They're not going to eat each other up as much as they did in the past. But I can pretty much guarantee you're getting one or two wild cards from the East. Then you look in the West. You've got Texas, who is 35 and 20. Texas is really, really good. And then you've got the Astros, who are heating up now. So they're sitting, I think, close to 10 games over. The Mariners have been slow but they have the potential they have the pitching they have the young talent to be a a much better team than they've been so far um 
Oakland, of course, is is an absolute joke. And the Angels are not good, but they're not a laughing stock. They're still a tough team they to certainly beat. Certainly, where this past three games they were not. exactly. And and you know, we didn't even face Shohei Otani on the mound. So you you never know what you're going to get from the Angels. We, we faced the Dregs. I mean, they're notorious for having bad pitching. And we faced the dregs of the pitching. We faced the guy only doing his second start. He ceased being a starter three years ago because he was bad at it. became a very good reliever, but he was an emergency starter here. Uh, faced a left-hander with an ERA over seven. Uh, I, that's, that's like saying, White Sox, we're going to give you one game because we just haven't gotten enough guys on the mound. Um, Except we don't actually. That's the thing. We don't actually crush lefties. We we are supposed to. We are designed. Anytime you're watching a game, they're like, "Oh, it's real brave to throw a lefty against the White Sox." No, it's it's not brave to throw anyone against the White Sox right now. Well, we we crushed the lefty after he had thrown more pitches than he'd thrown in any game all year. I checked that out. Yeah. <laughs> and that's okay, well, the lefty reliever. We crushed the lefty reliever in the ninth inning uh, on uh, Thursday or Wednesday, uh, and again he's throwing more pitches than he, he's thrown all year. So. You know, we get to them when they get worn, worn out, I guess. Yeah, uh, exactly. Of Sunday, instead of losing 12-2, to 2, it was 12-5 it was to 5 because the Angels just didn't care at that point. They knew they were going to win. Um, and Berger could get a home run and pad his stats, and other guys could pad their stats. Alberto had a double for crying out loud. Uh, <laughs> right. It, it, uh, yeah, I mean, you're right. We don't totally – well, we've never – there's always this white side crush lefties thing, but – Back in those days, when when that was actually happening, was it 2020? We didn't lose a single game to a lefty, but 21 came. Right, we faced a really good lefty. Clayton Kershaw is on the mound, or any number. Of, I mean, the the Houston's got really great left-handed pitchers. They just blow by us. Valdez just blows through them. I mean, it's it's you know, does the guy get on base at any point? Probably not. Uh, right, but against bad lefties, they're really good <laughs> so. meanwhile teams are facing our uh starting rotation as planned which uh you know is theoretically a solid five uh but here we are in june and our starting five eras are 408 655 488 452 and 456 dylan cease with the second worst ERA among our starters, uh, and shockingly fourth in strikeouts among our starters, with only sixty-eight strikeouts to twenty-nine walks. Yeah, uh, he just—he's not putting it where he'd like to at all. He's yeah, got I, 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 no looked, command. I looked up some of some of those analytical numbers, and of course, going into the season, when people were ranking the White Sox and saying. Basically saying that they'd be an 81 to 81 team, but something like that. Most of the preseason predictions. Right. Um, the one place where they're supposed to be stronger than average was starting pitching. And the Correct. starting pitching, if, if we go to ERA plus, which is a kind of a amalgamation of, of stats thrown together by the experts on these things, Giolito is the only one over 100, which is midpoint. On down to Lynn at 69. The, other, the others are all 90 to 97. So our starting pitching is overall a failure. Uh, bullpen, yeah, I mean, some surprisingly strong guys who came in at the end. Santos, Middleton, 
uh, doing extremely well. I, I mean, if if there is a if there is a highlight at the moment, it's it's Keenan Middleton. I I yeah. mean, the guy. Not only is he pitching with a one four five ERA over twenty games, which is a good sample size to see what this guy really has. He is the only guy playing with fire under his butt. I mean, he's really fun to watch pitch. You can tell he's he's loving being out there, and his intensity is where the whole team needs to be. I mean, Keenan Middleton is is a treat to watch pitch. He's he's the one guy where when he's coming in right now, you know, Graveman has been getting it together. Um, but you've got Keenan Middleton who has thrown only eighteen innings and has one of the higher wars of the entire pitching staff. You've got Giolito leading with a 1.3, but keep in mind, he's, he's a starter. You've got uh, Kopech just above him at a 0.8. Dylan Cease's war on the season thus far, 0.1. And I believe that you're looking at B-war or F-war? Fangraphs baseball reference. Uh, B war, B war. Okay, because I think an F war is negative. And the unbelievable, it's positive in one and negative in the other one. So this brings me to my favorite topic of conversation on on this podcast: is when is the Ethan Katz experiment over? <laughs> you guys, come on! It has got to be over. This is ridiculous. Our starting pitching staff combined is looking at a war just over three, and it's June? It's June! I mean, you cannot be a winning ball club like that. You just can't. And we do have some relievers who have been looking good, uh, as we mentioned before, Middleton, Graveman starting to look better. Joe Kelly's actually been pitching fairly well. Um, Schultons had some okay. Schultons uh, was very sharp. I mean, I, I did the game Wednesday. Schultons, sure, he gave up a two-run homer, but at, the, at that point, the Angels were in such a groove of hitting home runs that it, it yeah, you can't it, play. It, it Maybe he's there for four innings. Did, did, did very well, really. Uh, and Santos, of course, sitting at a 220 ERA and a .8 war, which is, you know, that, better than I would have expected. I mean, there, oh there's gosh, a highlight right there. Yeah, it's a bad one on the on the other side on, on the relieving because I think we're counting on getting the lefty. Uh, Garrett Crochet is brought back too soon. It's a Sox thing to do that, to just to bring – he should have had a lot more time. Because he's, he's a guy you can send to Charlotte. You couldn't send yeah. Liam Hendricks to Charlotte for more than a few days for, because – It's a rehab thing. can't do that. Yeah. Yeah, I could just do the rehab period. You couldn't have an extended period there. You can send Crochet forever and let him get back into shape. Steve, uh, Steve Snow had an interesting thing on that because we tend to always talk when guys come back from Tommy John, saying, "Well, he's got his he's got his velocity back. You know, his fastball was ninety six before, and he's up to ninety five and a half. He's he's back." But what Stone said, and, and when you think about it, you used to be a pitcher. What doesn't come back immediately, the slowest thing to come back, is your control and command. Yeah. Uh, because most of your velocity really is out of your body. Right. But everything about your exact release point and your spin levels and getting right there, that's that's all from your elbow on down. And that's that's what 
you don't get back soon enough. He shouldn't have been brought up this soon. He's been clobbered twice in a row. Uh, give the kid a break. It's not hurting him to send him down there and let him pitch his way. It's helping him. It's ready. It's, yeah. it's helping him a hundred percent. I mean, it's that's what you need to do. Yeah, you're exactly right. And what what Stone said is is exactly right. I mean, Crochet is that he's a strikeout kid, and he is at nine walks to four strikeouts over six appearances. I mean, a, a two to one, more than two to one walk to strikeout ratio is a sign that you are not ready to be back. You you may have your velocity, but you have no command whatsoever over the ball. He's sitting at a, a whip of around two and a half, uh, which a two and a half whip, you know, I don't know if you know, but if two and a half guys are getting on base each inning, they're scoring. Some of them, some of them may score. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> unless they're playing for the White Sox, uh, somebody may score in that scenario. Crochet definitely not ready to come back. Aaron Bummer, I think, is just not a major league baseball pitcher anymore. You know, seven point seven ERA. I I think he's done. I just don't think there's a world where we get an Aaron Bummer back that is is worth anything. Uh, Hendricks brought back too soon. I, I, you know, he's only had the one outing and he was clobbered. But, you know, I, I think we can forgive Hendricks. He, he gets I a nice... I think we can forgive him anything, anything he, and everything. Yeah, well, he certainly, he certainly gets a, a nice grace period of just coming in and getting clobbered because he is not ready to be back. So his sort of rehabbing is going to be at the major league level. He's going to get clobbered for a little while. I do actually think we're going to see a world this year where Liam Hendricks does get back on track. Oh, yeah. Uh, I think it could be in a couple of weeks. Yeah, he's just – he has that mentality. He's a workhorse. You know, he wants to be better. There's nobody more mad at Liam Hendricks not doing well than Liam Hendricks. So, I do think we're going to see uh, a lovely return. But it was – And you also – you talked about Middleton and, and attitude. (laughs) The greatest attitude in the history of the world of playing baseball, even – before the cancer is Liam Hendricks. Yeah, uh, absolutely. Absolutely. If, if anybody can put some energy under this team, uh, that's the guy. That uh, is the guy. That's the hope. And he's got the respect and everything. Remember last year he was talking about, well, I've got to throw strikeouts because nobody can catch the ball. Uh, defense is still horrible. They're like 29th now, even even with occasionally playing a right fielder early on. We're back to Eloy or, or Sheets. And right field sheets yesterday made a sliding, diving, missed the ball play that any right fielder would have been standing there and <laughs> just holding up his hand. No, I got it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, defense outside. We're better of left Robert. than attendees, much better in left than what we had before. But, you know, that's basically it. Tim is, we have, you just got to face facts on Tim's defense. It's, it's not terrible by any means, but it's not good. He's below, he's a below average defensive shortstop. And he does uh, they, from time to time Berger, make a good play. Berger at second base yesterday, I mean, the game was gone, so this is a good time as any to experiment. Jake Berger at second base is, yeah, you can just see people's eyes light up. They got Juan at first and Berger at second, two statues. Uh, yeah. <laughs> you know, what you're to. If, you, if you can hit the ball to the right side of the field right now against the White Sox, you're going to win the game. If, if he's there. But, but, you know, Romy's got decent range. Romy started. Romy went from it's it's uh, I I said he went from Mario Mendoza to Jeff Kent or Clark Kent for a while there. 
I think people are going to go, well, I guess we'll throw, we won't throw him fastballs down the middle anymore. And, and, and that, yeah, be which we'll, we'll was, touch was on pleasant that. While it was there. Yeah. I mean, he, he had a really good week or so. Yeah. Uh, very recently, but uh, we should take our break here. We'll come back. We'll talk more about offense and offensive woes uh, and the couple bright spots there. So uh, hang with us and we will be right back on sharing socks. Welcome back to Sharing Socks. We did a little uh, catch up with my European counterpart here. Uh, talked a lot about pitching and total lack thereof. Uh, hopefully we see a turnaround in that, but it's not looking good. And uh, let's just talk about offense a little bit. We ended the first half sort of giving uh, Romy a little shout out, which he does deserve because there was a point where Romy was hitting a home run every day, uh, which... I think we all knew it wasn't going to happen. He hit three uh, home runs in three consecutive games. And he had a triple in there and some, some big-time yeah. doubles. And, I, uh, I mean, without Romy, over the last few days, they have done virtually nothing. So give credit where credit's due. Uh, you know, his, he's still hitting at 211. Uh, and all three of his home runs were those three that we mentioned over the last couple days. He's also... And this is a thing to talk about. 26 strikeouts to one walk. Well, how White Sox can you be? <laughs> how White Sox can you be? And then you look at Sebi Zavala, 36 strikeouts. Oh, sorry. Uh, Romy, I think I was off. Oh, no, I wasn't. Uh, Romy, 26 to one. Uh, you've got, uh, let's see who's actually playing. Uh, Sebi, 36 strikeouts to four walks. Moncada, 29 to six. Jake Berger, 40 to seven. Tim Anderson, 31 to nine. Uh, I mean, you, you can't, you yeah, can't you know, win. Those last guys, when you get to, for example, Berger, uh, Moncada, those guys, people are being careful when they pitch to that. Because Berger can hit the ball 75,000 miles. Exactly. Uh, Tim can put the bat on anything. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he hits the ball really hard. But when you get to Sebi and Romy, nobody's pitching around them. No. (laughs) Nobody's being, oh, I got to better hit the, I better have it on the black or I'm dead meat. (laughs) They said, I just think I'll fling it in there. (laughs) And Sebi's a catcher. Sebi's a catcher. Those are the guys who are supposed to get walks. Those are the guys who are supposed to know the zone. 36 strikeouts to four walks for Sebi Zavala. He's got 20 total bases in 34 games. 20 total bases in 34 games. That is despicable. Which brings me to our next thing, which is on-base percentage. Our on-base percentages are a joke. They are an absolute joke. Our highest on-base percentage right now is... Clint Frazier, who I can't believe is even on this team and, and playing baseball. But I, he I is, believe we have a small sample size of like four at-bats. So. Uh, yeah, he's got 23 at-bats, his on-base percentage, 370. When you get up to guys who are actually playing on it, Tim Anderson, our leadoff hitter, 302 on-base percentage. Always, always been a problem with Tim. And only, even a, when he's hitting and only a 306 slugging. So he's got the on-base percentage of a guy who only hits home runs, but he doesn't hit any home runs. Tim Anderson has no 
home runs in 39 games. Now, I'm not saying Tim Anderson is the guy that we are expecting to be up there hitting home runs, but this is a guy who does hit home runs historically from time to time, including plus, a Plus, moments. he's the guy who needs to be on base. We get to the on-base percentage. Who needs to be on base for the guys coming up who do hit home runs, Who the, the power hitters. When you get to Moncada and Robert and uh, Vaughn uh, and, and occasionally Berger, depending on what's, what's going on there, uh, he needs to be on for them. Solo homers... Yes. Oh boy, that went 450 feet. Well, a solo homer is as good as a walk of stolen base on a single. In fact, it's worse because the walk of stolen base on a single uh, leaves a guy on base. Solo yeah. homer just leaves him empty. A- absolutely. If you look at our home runs as a general rule, Luis Robert Jr., 13, great. I'll take that in June from Luis Robert anytime i think that's that's right where actually above where i would expect him to be there jake berger with 11 then you look down romy has three Hanser has three they have more home runs than sebi than yoan than andrews than anderson than benatendi benatendi also has zero home runs now i know this is not your home run hitter but zero home runs in June is not how you can win Major League Baseball games. You just can't, especially if nobody's getting on base. Now, Ben Attendee's way better at, at taking walks. Um, you know, he and, and Vaughn actually have okay strikeout-to-walk to percentages. Uh, those are your two uh, higher on-base percentages among the guys who are playing every day. Yasmani... Um, Striking out a ton, but taking walks uh, from time to time. Well, that's, that's what he's always done. That, that's yeah, that's his history. Yeah, certainly. But it, there is just no true offensive production on this team at all. Luis was very hot for a while there. He's sitting at a 2.3 war, but he has completely cooled off over the last few days. And there is just no consistent offensive production whatsoever. Well, has from probably this team. been the best at consistency he hits the ball very hard his he's in the top few percent of, of average exit velocities but we have to hope with vaughn that after this month this month being june now he's still doing that because past two years you get to the all-star break and he really really tapers off now is he more used to playing a whole major league schedule now and he can handle it and he doesn't wear out we got to hope that but if it's like, I, it's I think there's a, I think there's a good chance of that being the case, especially yeah. because they're not making him play in the outfield, so he's not dealing with like the co- constant uh, discomfort of playing out of position and you know potentially embarrassing himself all the time. He's not a good first baseman, but he's not a he's laughing okay. stock like he, he is yeah, he's, when he's, he's in a the perfectly outfield. okay first baseman. Which is really all you need at first base. Yeah, Yeah. you don't need more than an average first baseman uh, if the rest of your guys are going to play above average defense, which we do not at all in any way, shape, or form. As you mentioned before, Tim, he just needs to not be a shortstop anymore. I I think there's a world where Tim Anderson would be one of the best second basemen in the entire league. Uh, but having him over at short is just, it's kind of a liability. He makes great plays, but he also throws the ball away a ton. 
He boots the ball. He, he does not make plays with any sort of consistency whatsoever. Now, the issue is if you move him to second base, we don't have a true shortstop. Oh, uh, Jake, Jake will take it over. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, as long as you're playing a team of only left-handed hitters, you could put Jake Berger <laughs> at shortstop. Uh, it's I'm just lost at, at what to do defensively with these guys. These these guys should be playing better defense than they do. Um, a, a minor highlight has been that Yoan, since he's come back, has at times looked like an elite third baseman again. He's making some really great plays. His arm looks strong. He does look healthier than he's looked. Uh, while playing third base, but that I, I injury at, could spark up at any time. Yeah, I, and but I thought the the other day he was grabbing his leg out on a swing. I thought, oh god, not again! But apparently he recuperated from that fine. Um, yeah, I, I happened to look up and it was some fan graphs ranking team defense. A team as a team is 29th, you know, uh, but team defense by position. Now that doesn't mean a given individual because different people play the position uh the only one where the socks are high is as you get center field uh one where they are deceptively low is third base but that's because you was out and burger is so bad yeah. so good as you want it is defensively and he's terrific uh the average of two <laughs> it on down. and that doesn't even count the fact that you know burger he he doesn't have as many errors as he would have if he could react to the ball. He just there are so many balls hit to the third base side that are just base hits because Berger does not have the reaction time of a major league third baseman. Yoan absolutely does. I mean, Yoan can handle the heat over there, and he's got a cannon. Berger, if he's going, if he's even able to go for the ball is inconsistent at third base. And most of the time, the ball just whips right by him to the point where he's not even touching it. He's not even really moving toward it yet. He is not a major league third baseman in any way, shape, or form. Well, the only other position where the Sox were at all above average was second. So if we move Berger over there, we can bring that down. Wow. <laughs> ah. And we're only above average at second because you're getting Elvis Andrews yeah. over there sometimes. You're getting Hans Alberto and, and over there sometimes. Romy's been pretty good. Uh, yeah, Sosa was terrible, but Romy's been but, pretty good. But Romy's, Romy is perfectly fine to play second base at a major league level if he's going to hit. You know, he is, right. he is totally fine. Your second baseman does not need to be elite by any means. They just need to be average, much like a, a, a third baseman. Um but the problem is, across that infield, we are below average. Uh, as you said earlier, Ben Attendee is a better left fielder than we've had. I'm, I'm fine with Ben Attendee being out there. But that's still only two-thirds of our outfielders being Major League Baseball players at any given time. And, you know, they do occasionally hit it to the third one, uh, especially if they have any clue who they're playing and who they're up against. And since we have starting pitchers who cannot command the ball, well, it's now, pretty pick, easy to I, choose. I, I want you to think about this. Andrew Vaughn at first base, Jake Berger at second, Gavin Sheets in right. <laughs> there's there's half of your, your defensive setup. That's a combined combined total sprint speed of seven miles per hour from that side of the field. 
That is three guys covering half the field who cannot cover more than two feet to each side of them. And I am including Gavin Sheets in the outfield when I say two feet to each side of them. The right side of the field. I mean, that's a joke. If, if That is the kind of guy where my slow pitch softball league, if you saw that right side of the field, you're going up and telling everyone, don't you dare hit it to the left side of the field today. Don't you dare hit it to the left side of the field. And honestly, with the White Sox, as long as you're not hitting it to Yoan, you can hit it to the left side of the field too, and you're probably going to be okay. You just don't. Listen, Tim's not that bad. He's below average. He's not that bad. And Ben is probably average. Right. But, like, you know, that's below average and average. You're still not <laughs> You're still not sweating hitting the ball to the left side as long as we you keep it away. We haven't even gotten from, into the, the catching defense. We don't have that. I, I, I do not understand why teams don't, as soon as they get on, steal on the White Sox. They don't steal as much as you think with the new rules and everything. Yeah. Uh, and, and our pitchers are, are terrible. At, at holding at, people on. At holding people on, and they're terrible at fast deliveries. I, I I would steal with virtually any guy but the catcher on first base. Why not? Why not? <laughs> We're not going to get you. You think Yasmani Grandolf can be throwing people out? No way. No way. Can't catch, can't frame, can't throw. He, he is absolutely not a major league catcher anymore. And it's not his fault. He's older. His knees are gone. His legs are dying. You know, it's he, he shouldn't be out there. Seppi, probably slightly better. I haven't looked at the stats, but it can't be more than slightly. And, you know, he's, he's certainly a better framer than Grandall at this point. Uh, I have seen him do some good framing work, but he's not really going to be throwing people out. I, I don't understand not running against the White Sox every other time you have someone on base. It, it just doesn't make sense to me. because you can, a, They had a strike him out, throw him out yesterday, which I think was a, just a total mix-up of signs on the part of the Angels. Because it, it was like a double steal with one out and a 3-2 count. I guess it, just resuming it would be ball four. Which it was, except the guy swung and missed. <laughs> <laughs> that was Urshela swung at a real bad pitch, and and the throw out at third was by fifteen feet. I it was almost like it was a three-two hit and runner or something. I, it must have been. been but but it yeah. goes on the stats. It goes on the stats as we got a guy, so that looks good. Because I definitely would not steal third every time against the White Sox, but I would steal second every single time. I mean, it's just it's it's a gift with these with these starting pitchers and our catchers. A single's a double. You should just be going up trying to hit a single to the right side and then stealing second base. A single's a double. It's a, a brilliant way to score against us. Um, we are running out of time for today. Is there anything else you wanted to examine before we move no, on? No, it's, it's it's good to uh, be back. And then you know, I did not hear. I ran into one person who had. The slightest interest in in baseball the entire time of our trip is is uh, an American. We were sharing dining tables when we were on the sailing ship, and uh, he actually watches or follows an SBN site. One of our one of our fellow sites. He's a Braves fan, so he's he's been following the Braves site. He presumably is going to take a look at us as well, out of curiosity, if nothing else. So we'll see. But we may have just doubled our audience. Uh, but that that was it. I've got a piece coming up uh, about baseball hats 
and how many of what team I saw during the course of three weeks in Europe, which I'll give you a clue. Yankees. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I mean, of course. It's going it to be always, Yankees. It always has been. I, I've yeah. never counted them before, but it always has been that you're just overwhelmed with Yankees gear. That's why uh, they're worth anyhow, $7 billion. We're back at, we've got June. Yeah. We've got a losing month. We've had a winning month. The losing month was a little more losing than the winning month was winning. <laughs> June, we'll see if, uh, what will happen in month number three. But it better, this is, I, I think if there's not a, a breakthrough in June or a complete collapse of the Twins, uh, that means that a 75 and 87 record can win the division, which I'm not sure is not true. I, I think 75 wins, it's possible to take this division. Yeah, I was just reading. I don't think so- it's likely. I think, I think you're going to have to win 81, but. I don't know. Just, just I, I mean, I've I've been reading a lot that says that your your winners of the two central divisions in each league could be teams with losing records. And oh yeah, I, I think eighty and eighty two something like that. But seventy five probably not enough. But uh, and I think yeah, well, I mean, it's well, hard. Since we're in a month starting with Jay, uh, we can start talking about what the deadline could look like. Yeah. Uh, we'll we'll lay off on that until uh, until next week. But I think next week, if we don't have a hell of a week, we're going to be spending well, got, a lot of time we got, talking We got three about games at home against Detroit. You've got to take them. You just got to. They don't have any pitchers even. You, you, no. you, you Yeah, and, and they just lost green. Uh, they, right. They got, they got nothing. They, they may have uh, Cabrera out there throwing. Uh, well, they're nothing. Sure made us look stupid in Detroit other than one sure, game. It sure I, did. I mean, we we made some of their pitchers look like, you know, 2011 Max Scherzer up well, there. Well, and then and the first the first game is this series. I think it's Lawrenson's pitching, and he only gave up two runs in seven innings in Detroit. So yeah, and the other thing, Cease's pitching this weekend. He I don't think he had ever in his career given up more than one run to the Tigers before last time out when it was four and four innings because he just couldn't find the strike zone with anything. And I think his pitch count was I, I was texting I think it was 97 with the guys. in four innings, something like that. I, well, it was uh, – so he threw 13 pitches in the first – no, he threw nine pitches in the first inning. Nine pitches in the first inning. And then by the end of the third, he was at 85. 85 after the third. Because you can imagine I was blowing up our, our White Sox friend group thread. Because you know if there's anything I like to talk about on here – it's our horrible pitching efficiency. And I will leave <laughs> you with that. Thank you for listening. And we will catch you next week on Sharing Socks. <laughs>